What's up, y'all? It's your boy DJ E-Man, Power 106 Crew Show, 93.5 K-Day, and you are checking out the influencers on Tractivist. What up? This is The Influencers, a new Tractivist series on Asian American leaders, tastemakers, and experts in the music industry. Just as important as front-facing representation in entertainment is representation behind the scenes. Too often, these influencers in the music industry just don't get the deserved recognition for their incredible work that significantly impacts today's culture and entertainment. Let's dive into this podcast series as we spotlight these individuals and hear their stories and words of wisdom for aspiring artists and industry professionals. Hello, my name is Rianne Moore, and this is the Influencer Series on Tractivist. It's my pleasure to welcome today's guest, DJ Eman. One of the busiest DJs in the United States, Eman is heard daily by millions of listeners on Power 106 and 93.5 K-Day Los Angeles, where he also serves as the assistant program director and music director, as well as morning DJ for The Cruise Show. Apart from radio, Eman travels the world to perform at exclusive clubs and events throughout the US, Europe, Asia, South America, and the Middle East. This impressive list includes a residency at the Light Nightclub in Las Vegas, as well as Dre's Nightclub with Trey Songs in Las Vegas and Dubai. Eman has been recognized by the music industry with various awards such as R&R Music Director of the Year, SIN Hip Hop Music Director of the Year, Billboard Magazine Music Director of the Year, and most recently, Summer Sessions Music Director of the Year. Let's get started. Thanks so much for coming on, DJ Eman. Of course, thank you. Your music career began when you started as a DJ at yes. the age of 13. Yes. Can you briefly tell me about how you got into radio, as well as the path that you took to reach to where you are today as a program director, as well as a music director of Power 106? I would say, in regards to the DJing aspect, I basically started DJing as a hobby, which became a business, which became a career. And what I mean by that is, my cousin Ollie helped me kind of get into DJing. You know, he got, got me in, interested into it. And then, you know, I just started learning how to DJ. And then, you know, started doing little house parties here and there. And then started doing private parties. That's where the hobby became the business. So at really at age 13, 14, I started my own little mini mobile DJ company, uh, DJing weddings or high school dances, house parties, whatever it is, and getting, you know, compensated or paid for it. So that's, that became my business. And over throughout junior high slash middle school and high school, that was my way of, of making money. It was just you know, doing these side gigs or doing these gigs. And then how I say it uh, became a career is one day I was listening to the radio, Power 106, and you know, I heard they were doing more of the mixing stuff that I do like at clubs and at, and at parties. So I said, hey, I'm gonna bring up a demo one day. And uh, dropped off a demo. 90 minutes later, I get a, a page on a pager uh, from, from the number from the radio station, I call it, and it's the Baker Boys uh, who were doing mornings at the time. And the Baker Boys you know, liked the demo and they said, hey, we'd love for you to come up and do a guest set on our Friday Night Flavor show. 
So I did. So I did a guest spot on the show. Then over those months, you know, I got a chance to keep in touch with them. Um, I did a couple guest sets on Power. Did an on-air audition, and then uh, next thing you know, they uh, the people at Power, uh, the day after Christmas, actually, uh, they they hit me back and they said, "Hey, we'd love for you to come up. We'd like to meet with you." And they, uh, they ended up hiring me. So I started off as a DJ on Power 106, um, and then from there, just kind of moved up the ranks. Um, at the same time, I was going to school. I was going to college at Cal State Fullerton, and a lot of stuff I was learning. I started applying as you know here at the radio station because uh, you know I was very interested to get more involved with the radio station than just DJing. And the program director at the time gave me little opportunities to develop and understand the programming and how the music aspect works, how music's decided on, how it's played, and all that. So you know, over the years, got involved with that, and eventually, you know, became the mix show coordinator, then promoted to assistant music director, then promoted to music director and then added the assistant program director title for Power 106. So as I was doing that, just last year, uh, the people who owned K-Day, the radio station K-Day, which is a classic hip hop station, uh, bought Power. So when they brought K-Day into the building where Power 106 currently is now, they asked if I could oversee the music for K-Day. So, you know, of course, you know, given the opportunity, I took it and now I'm doing both, I'm overseeing the music for both Power 106 and K-Day. And I think what's interesting about K-Day is that over the years, you know, the music that K-Day plays was the hip-hop I grew up to and the hip-hop I was really into. And now to be, to, to be involved with two radio stations and really the history of hip-hop from when it really evolved to now, like honestly, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing and it's a great opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And because of this history that you've had with these two um, stations, with your insights as both a director on radio and as a DJ performer, do you have suggestions for up-and-coming Asian American artists who want to get their music on the radio? Well, at the end of the day, it's, I always say it's about the music. First and foremost, it's about the music. Asian Americans and just people in general, they all have unique and different talents. Uh, in regards to the music. It just depends on how they present it. And you know, we're in, a, in, we're in an interesting world now where people, record companies, fans, listeners of radio, or, or just you know, people out there, they go off a of perception. And you could have great music, but how is it received and how is it perceived? And I'll speak more for record labels. Record labels, when they want to get involved with an artist or sign an artist, they're gonna look at, hey, how many views has your song got on YouTube? Or how many streams is it getting now on a Spotify or a Pandora? Is it on Apple Music? Uh, how's your following? Do you have a following on, on social media? What, do you have a lot of you know, followers on, on Instagram or Twitter? What are you doing on Facebook? Are you on SoundCloud? So fortunately and unfortunately, artists now are being perceived as what are they doing in regards to the overall? It's, it's like artists now have to do extra work to really get their music heard. And once it's heard and they create that fan base and they get those views and those streams, then that's when record companies get involved. But I, to answer your question, at the end of the day, artists will get recognized for their talent. And all they have to really do is present themselves and present their music in a way that showcases and displays their talents. Because at the end of the day, it's about the music, it's about the songs. And one thing I would advise any artist, including, including Asian American artists, when it comes to the music, what, what tends to get a lot of people's attention is one word. It's called recall. 
what a fan, a listener, a consumer could recall about your song the most. Not that it just relates to them, but what can they recall from that song? And you know, usually it could be the hook, it could be the chorus, it could be the beat, it could just be something that sticks in their head. Because what I've seen over the years, yeah, you might have talent, but what, what are you doing that sticks in people's head to remind them or keep like, hey, who's that artist? What's that song? There's a song that keeps going like this. It's so catchy, it, I'm, I'm singing it in my head. What's the song, what's the song? And that's how it kind of evolves. Radio is unique because radio is about playing listeners or fans' favorite songs. You could be an up-and-coming artist or an established artist, new artist to the hottest artist, but if your music or song isn't that hot, it's not gonna matter. The end of the day is about the song, it's about the music. Yeah, I think that actually segues perfectly into my next question. I thought what you said was really interesting was how artist success uh, in terms of artistry and talent is also very much intertwined with their how they're representing themselves on Absolutely. social media yes. and with this constantly changing landscape of music broadcast and distribution I'm really curious to hear about where you see radio in 10 years time how have you been changing to the fluidity of sure. the industry and the rise of digital music production that's an incredible and great question um, because with, especially with the younger audience now, what, what we're learning is that we're competing against the smartphone, we're competing against the iPhone, we're also competing against a, a fan or listener's attention span. And we're in a world now where they want stuff now. They're in an on-demand world, I want what's now, what's this, I want to hear it right now. What's in it for me? That's the mentality that you know, we're seeing with a lot of listeners and the younger listener now. But over the years, you had you know the internet that exposed music faster, and, and um, there was you know sites like Napster that started putting music out there that the music industry couldn't understand. Then it became MP3s and downloads, and now it's becoming streams alone. You had satellite radio. You had now you have all these different streaming apps. So you have YouTube. So we're we're now competing against various outlets that people can receive music. I think with radio. What's unique, especially in the market of LA, is that LA is so, it's a, a commuter town. It's a commuter city. So a lot of people are always in their cars. And it's still proven and shown that in-car listening is still very heavy radio-based. Like they want to go to the radio first and foremost. And I think the biggest advantage uh, in regards to radio, aside from streaming, um, satellite radio, just other outlets that, that receives music, is that we're live. We're local, we're free, and we do cool things that get people to interact with the radio. If it's a ticket giveaway, or if it's, you know, hey, I got free tickets to a concert, or I'm giving away tickets to Disneyland, or I got this for you, I got that for you. We're giving them incentives to keep listening to radio. Radio is still informative. We're seeing that new music discovery is still strong on radio as well. Because again, it's, it's, it's in our presentation and how we put it out there. And I will add that in order for us, in order for radio to continue to also succeed, we have to use the other platforms to help us. Like social media is very important. So we have to deliver and not just market on the radio, but through our social media sites, through digital online, because we're in a, we're really in an online world now. Definitely. 
I guess anybody who's involved in the music industry knows that it never really sleeps. And, and so as a transition into sort of a new topic, you've mentioned in previous interviews how you love spending time with your family yeah, and experiencing new things with them as sort of a perk of your unique jobs. Yes. And I can imagine that it must be tempting to just spend so much time immersed in your work. And so what suggestions do you have for professionals making strides in the industry, but also don't want to compromise this work-life balance sure. and how to continue to foster important relationships with both your community and your family? Sure. Well, time management is very important in understanding time management. I think the uniqueness of my job um, is that I get to do a lot of things that do involve my kids and my family. You know, if it's DJing New Year's Eve at Disneyland, you know, if I were to DJ a club, you know, I can't have them next to me, but if I'm DJing New Year's Eve at Disneyland, they're right next to me. You know, if it's the charity basketball games that, that I do weekly, where they, we go to different high schools and there's artists performing and different celebrities that play, you know, they love to come out and, and watch and meet the artists and, and be involved. So there's, there's unique things that, that I get a chance uh, for them to experience as well. But again, at the end of the day, it's about balance. Um, you know, my job is a 24-7 job. There are times where I could be at my son's volleyball game watching and then I have to take a call and watch at the same time. It's also helping my kids and helping my wife understand, my wife has been great at this, just understanding the type of work I do and really communicating with them and helping them understand as well what I do and also understanding you know, the situation and, and what's happening, the scenarios or the, you know, the situation that they're in. If it's, you know, if, if, if I'm at my daughter's game or I saw my daughter's uh, performance, I always tell people like who really need me, it's like, hey, I, I'm at my, uh, you know, at my daughter's performance. You know, if you need me, just text me and I'll check in a few minutes or, you know, periodically and all this. So again, I, and at the same time, I also have a great team around me that helps. If you can't get a hold of me, I have a great team that, that that will not just get a hold of me or, or handle, they'll handle stuff for me just in case, you know, until I can be reached. Uh, one thing you mentioned in that answer was your weekly basketball games, and I noticed that you are quite involved in community events. Definitely. One example I know is the upcoming Filipino Heritage Night yes. with, the, with the Clippers. And so what is the importance of the Filipino community here in regard to your own identity and your career path? Well, first off, you know, shout out to Rosalyn, who, who's been great at, at finding ways to really, one, I'll say, I'll say this, uh, you know, raise the Filipino-American awareness to the mainstream and, and finding ways to involve our community, our community to the mainstream. Um, I think the Filipino Heritage Night, you know, that, that she spearheaded and got, got myself involved and other people involved, which started last year, you know, that, that went very well. And that's why we're doing it again with the Clippers. And I think that, you know, the more we do these things and and I think what's dope about the, the Heritage Night and, and other events like this is that it really brings the Filipino community together. And it really helps showcase the true talents of the various celebrities, artists, influencers that happen to be Filipino descent. Because yeah, I mean, when we're entertaining a fan or we're with listeners or, or whatever it is, you know, we're, we're seen as one thing, but sometimes they don't even realize or recognize, oh, they're, they're of Filipino background or they're Filipino. And I think this is great ways to see who we really are and, and what we do and what we contribute to our various industries. Um, I, again, the, the Filipino Heritage Night is a great way and, you know, shouts to the Clippers for letting us do this again. Um, it's a great way to bring our community together you know, entertain that audience there. Um, and at the same time, you know, a lot of Filipinos love to play basketball. <laughs> so, you know, using that, that opportunity 
to bring us together, all in fun, you know, and at the same time, to just really just bring us together and create the awareness through that. And also double shout out from Tractivist to Roz, who was actually the first interview for um, wow. the influencers. Yeah. So it was also great for hearing from her. And from your unique perspective in the industry, what do you think has worked in terms of making space for Asian Americans in music? And where do you think we can go from here? You know, it's, we've had it for a while, but a little bit of it. I think now with the advantage of what we're seeing with, one, the internet overall, um, I do feel the internet has brought the world so much closer together. Um, and then you have the outlets of streaming, YouTube, um, social media to help create the awareness and get the word out there of, of Filipino Americans or Asian Americans and their music. I mean, I think that, you know, K-pop is massive. J-pop is massive. You have a lot of artists from, from China and other parts of Asia that's making a lot of noise. But Filipinos, we've made our, our noise. We just now have to elevate it to that next level. And I think that one of the things that, that myself and other people I know we're, we're, are trying to work on is with this generation or these group of musicians and artists is now trying to bridge them together with what's happening out here. If it's Filipino-American or Filipino-based musicians or artists and trying to educate the artists from out here and hopefully getting them to collab and work together, I think that's what will help elevate. Because again, we're in a world of perception and all it just really takes is, of course, the right song, and really the right cosign, I guess that's the word you could say. If you put an artist from the Philippines doing a song with an artist that's very influential out here, it just really shows, hey, I mean, there's, it, it, and I hate to say this, but it'll take the mainstream, it'll have a lot of people's view on us, it'll take us more seriously, basically, as artists. I think that's very inspiring and exciting to hear in terms of future in music. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything that we can expect from you? Is there anything that you'd like to plug in terms of events, your work in the future? Well, um, that's a great question because I, I really want to find ways to, to bridge those artists from, from the Philippines because there's a great talent out there. I was out there not that long ago and got a chance to see and experience you know, the talents on a hip-hop level, on an R&B slash pop level, um, even on a DJ level and seeing how we could bridge the talent there with the talent out here, um, if it's you know a hip hop artist or, or a pop artist out here of any descent, and just bridging that world together, and, and also at the same time educating you know the artists from out here in the U.S. and letting them know that hey, K-pop is big, J-pop is big, other artists from other countries are big. But don't forget the Philippines also has has major artists and major talent. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, if our listeners want to hear or learn more about DJ Eman, where can they go? Definitely on uh, my social media, Instagram, Twitter, at DJ Eman, on Facebook, DJ Eman 106. Again, you can listen to me every morning uh, on Power 106. You know, I'm live in the mix from 6.30 to 9 a.m. on the cruise show. Uh, you know, I'll do guest sets here and there on K-Day, but I oversee the music on K-Day and Power, so... I mean, <laughs> I'm on KDA, you know, regularly here and there, but, you know, really there. And then, you know, that's how I keep myself informed or keep people informed or people who, you know, who, who love enjoying listening to me, you know, or, or seeing what I do, you know, that's how I keep them informed. But, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, very blessed to be doing what I'm doing and to be doing it this long. And, you know, I'm very blessed that, that people enjoy, you know, my work and they enjoy the music. 
you know, especially to kick off their day. You know, I'm in the mornings, you know, we're, we're a lifestyle station. We're people's social lives in a sense. You know, I'm glad that they get a chance to hear me uh, every morning to kind of really set their vibe for the day. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, no worries. Thank you. Be sure to visit our website, tractivist.com, as we create a central hub of Asian American artists, resources, and continuously update the influencers. Discover new music through our weekly radio show, as well as our playlists. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as Attractivist. That's T-R-A-K-T-I-V-I-S-T. 